Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Lost in the Groove with your host, Mike and Dave. Today, we'll be talking about life, society, as well as we can make things better, start a new day for a better tomorrow. Let's continue with the intro music so we can start today's podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to Lost in the Groove. Today's sponsor is Anchor. So stay tuned, everybody. Um, Like always, please make sure to check out our Patreon page so you can be one of our members and also a chance to be a guest on this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. So this is Season 2, Episode 9, Communities and Society, Past present and future um this is gonna be fun this is gonna be real and uh we might get lost in the groove mike do you want to take it away man but in- so let's uh let's begin with the first part here uh, uh the beginning to an end of division and um you know we've talked about so many aspects of the you know human civilization over the uh several episodes that we've been doing season two um and the essential part of our history as a society stems from community um people come together they find common cause to fight for something amen sister (laughs) hallelujah and if we look at the past uh, at the beginning of the 21st, uh, the 20th century, the remarkable, remarkable turn of events happened where women were granted the right to vote. And that, mm-hmm. that was definitely huge. It's a, a huge oh, yeah. step forward. It marked a new start and a new beginning. Um, it was all achieved by women joining together as a community to fight for what they believed in. And over the course of the 100 years, many people stood up for what they believed in and fought so hard and tirelessly. Stonewall, Stonewall, Jim Crow, Civil War. You name it. I mean, and, and it goes on and it's yeah. still going on today. You yes, know, the, it is. Uh, um, and with numerous different communities today than what we had then, it's, uh, it's astonishing. So, however, they could only achieve their goal because of communities fighting with them, just people who have the same beliefs, they, they, they're coming together, they're, you know, uh, coming to an agreement of right and wrong and, uh, and voicing their opinions, whether, whether uh, the masses agree or not, but they needed their voices heard. And, uh, you know, going back that century and seeing just women getting the right to vote was a huge, uh, a huge change. I mean, um, yeah. that was, that was the beginning. Cause then, you know, we continued to see a shift and I have varying, uh, thoughts or perspectives on this, of course, uh, some of it good, some of it, uh, bad, uh, some the of good, it, bad um, and the ugly. Yeah. Some of it is ugly, uh, because it's really kind of facing the reality of, you know, what it meant to see these changes, 
uh, within, let's say, that community alone. But, um, you know, communities today are similar, but in many different facets. So in the past, many people have been under oppression due to racism, and we've talked about racism so much in this season. I mean, literally, it's one of the... uh one of the things that drove five episodes, five goddamn episodes. Yeah. And, and here we are, you know, it's, um, but it sums everything up very well. You can't ignore it. The, 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 the oppression and the suppression of uh, all kinds of groups of people throughout history. It's uh, in a lot of ways kind of ingrained in these monkey brains of ours and, uh, you know, I have hopes. I have hopes for the, the future. The, yeah, it's, it's the mechanisms of the machine. And it's where we have gotten to a point as a society that we understand the problems. We have a clear knowledge of what happened in the past and why it was bad. But the thing is, many of us have what's called a scare factor. We're too afraid to stand up for a variety of reasons. And Mike, you spoke about this the last episode where people have things they have their lives they got their kids they got their jobs they got things going on they don't have time to think about these things they don't want to deal with them because they they got too much going on but it still doesn't mean that you should totally give up and not have any part in anything you know a person should still try to do whatever they can even though you may may be busy or you have things going on, but like you still can make time for things. You can. And you should most certainly should try to find a way, even if it means um, uh, having your, your family, your kids, the participation, uh, increasing the participation rate um, and making it a point. Um, After all, it's, Whatever, whatever foundation we build uh, from today on is uh, inherited by the next group of young people that will be uh, kind of taking on a lot of these problems. And if we can uh, do even a little bit on our part, I mean, where we are today is a big, um, is a big indicator of just, you know, how much less we are engaged with the things that are happening within our communities. The, the, the bigger, the bigger the city you live in, the less participation there is. Uh, You know, it's more like me, me, me. I, you know, I want, you know, I want for myself. Yeah. The more I can get the better. Uh, There isn't as much attention or care for communities. I mean, uh, we've, we've talked about this, you know, we go back, 50 years, uh, people knew their neighbors, you know, sometimes everyone on their block, they knew everybody on their neighbors. Maybe yeah, some, of course, well, too, of course too they, much. Maybe they knew too much did. about each other. Of course they did. And also to the point where we think this is crazy, but there was a time in many neighborhoods where people would leave their doors unlocked mm-hmm. and their windows. And the reason was, is just in case their need, neighbor needed something in the middle of the night or something happened, they can just come in. And I mean, to me, that sounds baffling, but to my mom, which she's in her 60s, I mean, to her and people that she knew of, that was the normal. Uh, yeah. Not everywhere, but that was kind of the norm. We, we've had this shift. And the thing is, 
you kind of also have to ask yourself, here you have all of these groups. You have Black community, the Asian community, you Native Americans. A lot of these groups were put under excruciating torment for due to slavery, due to what they call the Trail of Tears of moving people, Asians being moved from New York all the way to the West Coast, and West Coast being moved to New York in this entire type of mix. And you have to ask yourself, how do they manage to survive all this time? You know, the the answer the answer I think to this would be is the fact that there was communities. Right. I mean, you know, I say, I say it all the time as a species, we're incredibly resilient and adaptive. Um, That's why we're at the top of the food chain, uh, depending on how you look at it. Uh, But uh, a lot of these, a lot of these people had suffered greatly and their, and their minorities were not even mentioning you know yeah there's many others yeah like we were mentioning the top three maybe but there's so many um and you know from racism being one aspect to their lands being being stolen um there's so many aspects that when we look at it we say you're right it's a fucking miracle that any one of these groups survived to make it to the other side and, you know, can be an American today. Um, And I feel, I feel it's important. Survival, survival of the fittest, as they say. Yeah. And I feel it's it's important to, to understand this, that um, like you said, community is one aspect. When we, when we go and look throughout the city and in, in various places, um, you'll see how people are kind of separated and, you know, they live amongst their communities uh, of, of their natives. It, it could be Asian Americans, uh, African, African Americans, or, um, uh, the, the Jewish community, the Armenian community, the, uh, yeah. the, the uh, Latin American community. I mean, they're, they're all kind of in their, you know, in their bubbles. And we grew up and we we both grew up and because you know I grew up in a Jewish community, you grew up in a Christian community. We both came from these types of bubbles, and the thing is, I don't know about yours, but I can say there's a reason why they created these bubbles because the community that I grew up in, a lot of them were Holocaust survivors, and they came here to the United States, and they didn't want to lose their Jewish heritage. They didn't want to lose what they had taken away from them for five years being slaughtered and killed and putting into gas chambers. So they built the Jewish community. They built quite a number of them here in the United States, all for the fact that they didn't want to be extinct. You know, again, like the survival of the fittest, like they, they needed to survive. And the only way of doing that, again, it always stems back to this is community. Right. That's uh, and, and in a lot of ways, why they would stick together i mean i feel like for let's say that group of people like not many people are going to understand what happened to them you know why would you live anywhere else other than within a group of people that had experienced something very similar to you only they could truly understand what you went through i mean if we're talking about just the jewish community uh, it would be very difficult for um, anybody to kind of just go and live somewhere else 
in a community of many different other people. Well, it's not just um, the Jewish community. I mean, look at, like, example, the Christian community, the communities throughout the United States. You know, there are communities of where people that are Catholics, especially people that are Irish Americans, and they stick with their, you know, we have a Catholic community out here. They stick with their community because they're Catholics. They want to be in Catholic churches. They want to be able to send their kids to schools that have other Catholic children. Why? Because they have that relation. They're all Catholics. A lot of them come from the same place. So it's different from group to group, but the same thing kind of just spins around. They have things that they relate well with, like you mentioned. So because they have these things that they relate well, very well with, they're able to communicate much better. And it's more comfortable because what would make you feel more comfortable sitting with some of the have no idea what kind of person they are, no idea what their story is or somebody that you can relate to, you know, kind of what their story is, know what kind of person they are. You'd probably say that you'd be more comfortable with that person over the other one. Because you'd be spending the whole night figuring out what conversation to say, what they like, what they don't. It could be a headache. And it's just easier to relate with the people that right. are like you. Right. I mean, that, that, would, that does make things a lot easier. And if we are talking about uh, decades ago, sure. Uh, presently, I think it, uh, it, it still exists. Um, but the, the tribalism factor is... Um, is very much like a community-based thing. I mean, we see tribalism today. It, it was, uh, I, I want to say, much more, uh, much stronger in the past, and people didn't really, really want to come out of those bubbles. Uh, we see more people willing. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... It's, it's a, though uncomfortable, yeah. like we see more people willing to, uh, uh, to come out and uh, intermingle with many different groups of people. Uh, to date, you know, there's so many people I talk to that have friendships outside of their communities that, yeah. you know, they're not, uh, they could be Filipino. And um, though uh, those group of people are very, um, uh, very heavily involved in their communities, but a lot of them do uh, come out and, uh, you know, make friendships outside of that. And yeah, uh, comfortably so. There, it's not, it's not un- uncomfortable to say. No. It, it's also, for example, you know, I'm not religious and there's a term for people like me that leave the community, which is called OTD, off the dark, which means off the path in English. And you're saying it's completely true, you know, kind of like the beginning of the community being built here in the United States kind of started with Bob Dylan and Leonard Cohen. And that was kind of like the beginning. And then today there are thousands upon thousands of us, thousands, you know, there's little groups and niches, but there's a lot of us. That wasn't the case 25 years ago. It wasn't common to run into a non-religious Jew that came from religious Jewish communities. It just wasn't a thing. So yeah, I mean, times have changed, but the time also has come where people need to speak up and they need to be able to express of where they came from. So we have that knowledge and build up base where not only do we now communicate with other communities, but we also have where we all become one. We're all different variouses, but like at the end of the day, we kind of create our own community. We become a part of another community. Another community becomes this part of community. And that kind of thing goes over there. 
it's adaptability and change. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, in so many ways, the, that is kind of a, a human aspect of the trying to survive. And, uh, and w- with what we have today compared to then, there's so many ways you can uh, participate in voicing, you know, your opinions, your, you know, your um, kind of your stance on where the world is and where it should be. Uh, and people can speak out more about that. Uh, and what you what you would find is even in, let's say, those demographics of people who are uh, being vocal, you're finding that those communities are pretty pretty varied. It's not, you know, it's not um, all of the same people, but in this instance, there are many different people from different backgrounds who can agree uh, on a particular idea of, hey man, this is fucked up and, you know, we, we should do something about this or we, you know, we can find a better path forward. Um, and they don't have, you know, if it's culturally or if it's um, um, uh, ethnicity-based, I mean, a lot of, they're not the same. These aren't the same people. Um, and we see that because of the internet in so many ways. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, the open and more transparent and more spoken that people can become, um, it'll, it'll give all of us the opportunity to, to kind of pave a better way forward, a better future. Better tomorrow. So, I mean, it's, it starts with open and transparent conversations. Um, being closed off uh, is, um, is a thing of the past. And we, we are seeing that um, because of the internet, it has uh, expanded the, um, the freedom of thought, uh, at least you know, for the time being. Uh, those yeah. censors, those censorship, censorship is uh, on the rise, and uh, we have, you know, people have we're, to be careful. We're almost there. I think <laughs> uh, we just need a few more episodes <clears throat> to get to like the point that the NSA recognizes we exist. Uh, <laughs> but you know, today's most significant <clears throat> issue is this idea where Soviet Union oppression. You know, it's been almost thirty years now. Is over. You know, it, it ended in 1991, the Berlin Wall fell, the Soviet Union crumbled, but that was the end. And as we like to say, uh, Russia is now a democracy, with quotations. <laughs> there is no dictator in power where they send people still to uh, Siberia. <laughs> yeah, send people to Siberia. Um, or sell goods and... Um, illegal products here in the United States. <clears throat> but in, and we have this idea of now that our communities are safe from this type of life, but that's so far from the truth. As of now, and we're seeing this really a lot here in the United States, socialism, which the Soviet Union was. I know a lot of people think that the Soviet Union was communist. But they were not communists. They were socialists. You really look on how they had it structured. Um, if you don't believe me, there's a book that's written by a very brilliant man by the name of Karl Marx. You can read his book, rent it at your local library. I'm serious. It's a really good book to read. Uh, had really good idea. 
Never can work in real life, ever. <laughs> but it's a really good book if you ever want a good read. Um, yeah. History shows it anyways, right? Like there's the books that people can read. But if you just go and look, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's present. The, uh, the long food lines, the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the rationing, there's so many, so many things that clearly show that they were under a, a socialist um, kind of government. It wasn't, you know, maybe, maybe in a, in a type of label communist, but the, the activities or the governance was very much socialist. That's the problem, though, because if you know anything about communism, there's no such thing as government in communism. Communism believes in what's called the Workers' Party, which is, a, which is people that are appointed by the people to represent them. So the, the idea would be, for example, if you have farmers. So right. all the farmers would band together, and they would choose one person to speak for all of them. So that person would decide what happens to those farmers in that country. So you always have that one person, that little group. But the issue is, if you try to apply this to a country of 300 million people, like here in the United States, it, it would be impossible. It, it's just, it's, it, we already have this problem with separation government here in the United States. Communism would never work here because it's just, it would be way too difficult. And I don't think, I don't think most people could handle it. I mean, you know, what do we have? We have something, uh, Maybe not ex- not similar, but uh, let's look at how unions operate within uh, different uh, uh, you know industries and sectors. It's it's a similar idea. It 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 protects those workers and it gives them a voice, but it's still um, it's still uh, very, you know very specific sectors of industry. It's not like everywhere. It's not the entire country. <clears throat> Right. It's, uh, but, you know, having one person speak for all the farmers, like, yeah, that's that's a corruption resistant, right? I mean, you don't probably know. not. You don't know. Yeah, probably not. You give it, you're giving one person, you know, the ability to decide for all of these people in terms of farmers. And it's, uh, you know, like, yeah, human beings have never disappointed us, right? So... It's it's funny that that's why like I'm one of those people when you bring up communism or uh, socialism or capitalism or it, it, I love how people like well <clears throat> capitalism is not flawed yes it is it doesn't work with a country of 400 million people well it benefits the businesses yeah there's a flaw in in capitalism because. It benefits the larger businesses. So the right. larger a company is, according to capitalism, they favor more to the eyes of the country because they're bringing in more revenue. That's the whole point, purpose of, of capitalism is where you have businesses bringing in re- revenue to the government and government having revenue to keep the businesses afloat. So they're all flawed systems. But, the, you know, some people might, might answer and say, like, well, what's so wrong about socialism? The thing is, it's what socialism is about. That's the problem. That's the issue. If you really look at what socialism is, you're literally telling people that we're the government. You can't do this. Why can't I smoke cannabis? 
Because it's illegal. Why? Because Nixon said so. Well, that fucker's been dead since 1980s. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Can't smoke cannabis. It's illegal. That's it. That's a socialistic idea. The government telling you no. Why? Because we said so. But it's not bad. Because we said so. You're, you're stripping rights away from people. So when people bring up this conversation, why isn't the war on drugs over? I always say this. Look at the socialistic ideas that exist in the government. You'll have your answer to your question. It's oppression and control is removing the ability to people to have what they want or what they need, whether it be bad or good. Right. Or just uh, or just the ability to uh, to make a decision in general, you know, like they're, they're stripping the choice um, entirely by definitively saying yes or no. And that's the final answer. And, and that's, you know, in a lot of ways, that's definitely a problem uh, if we apply uh, socialism in various uh, aspects of life. It, it becomes a huge problem. At, at what point would you uh, w- would people actually stand up and say, OK, that this is this is the line in the sand. You just crossed it, you know, um, and what we have seen over the course of uh, two decades is that the, the line in the sand keeps getting pushed further and further. And, you know, there's less and less opposition. And, you know, it's only in this last 24 months that we've seen that um, if there is any sort of opposition, you, you'll get censored. You'll get forcing, banned. Your, forcing, you know, you'll get people, banned. forcing people to get vaccinated. <clears throat> Sorry. It's true. I've never, yeah. seen any, I've never seen anything in, this, in my life before. It's like, you have to get the vaccine. Why? Because it protects you from COVID and others. But I wear a mask. That's not good enough. And it's also, yeah, and it's also untrue that it, it'll protect you from uh, uh, COVID-19. That's, it's not a true statement. It's, well, uh, it is 200 and I think 260 years of the uh, history of the vaccine for COVID-19. Like uh, I'm 316 years old in my mind. Explain. <laughs> <laughs> it's like saying, well, the vaccine that we have for influenza, it's 90 years of history. Um, yeah, but you have to because it changes as time goes on. So you do need to have researchers coming up with things. And then with COVID-19, this is, a, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. It's a man-made disease. It's a bioweapon created by who knows, Chinese government, American government, we don't know. And they just have a vaccine after a year. You know, like, uh, oh, it must be the new tech that we have. Yeah, sure. And then they put a story now that it's it's 260 years to get to the vaccine. And I'm like, yeah, that just sounds like bullshit. Sure. I mean, let's (laughs) let's face it. It's probably all bullshit. But... um... You know, we're not allowed to. We're not allowed to question any of that. No. Uh, the like the first few months uh, of all this stuff, uh, they were banning people just for having you know uh, the word COVID in their uh, in their titles and their descriptions of any type of content that was being uploaded. If you weren't Fox or CNN or ABC or 
any of the uh, the large uh, media groups, um, you were getting censored heavily for even you know mentioning it in your title. Um, and even today, it's still happening. But uh, you know the mandatory vaccinations are mind blowing, and again comes back to the idea that uh, the 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 limits of socialism are are really being pushed um, in our democracy right now. Uh, you know th this is going to have very serious repercussions moving forward. Uh, you know, how many more rights do we have to lose? How many, you know, I like making choices for myself. It's up to me. It's up to you as an individual yeah. to, to educate yourself um, and to be aware and well-informed. If, um, if you're not, it's, you only have one person to blame, but when we're, when we're told like, you know, don't question it, shut up. This is the way it is take it or there'll be consequences if you don't correct so what's next you know what else are they going to shove down our throat um it, it's concerning for sure but that's in a lot of ways like you said that's uh you know the history of socialism can be clearly seen uh from that context for what it is just a uh just the stripping of people's uh, ability their their right for choice yeah, but like Carlin said, choice. Of course, you have choices. You have the choice of Pepsi or Coke. <laughs> oh, those are God. those are your choices. Oh my! <laughs> well, both of them are gonna cause me diabetes. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I might take a diet one that has the poison toxin for sugar. All right, guys, we're gonna take a brief break so we could talk about today's sponsor. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be kind of jumping into 1969, getting a little groovy, baby. Uh, so we'll see you guys in a few. All right, guys, we are back. Like I mentioned, we're going to be heading back to 1969. So make sure you got your bell bottoms on, your tank tops, plenty of weed, because things are about to get a little groovy, baby. Mike, do you want to take this away? Let's return to revol revolutionism, the hippies. Hallelujah. Amen, baby. It has hit this country harder than ever since 1969. It has. Revolution, uh, revolutionism is a type of people, a community of people who believe in this philosophy that the world is shit. It's terrible. It sucks. It's crumbling. But it does not mean our lives are over. And this is um, on the contrary. Like, we should give and um, for the, you know, for the most part. Sorry, I'm, 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 lo I'm losing myself here. No, it's okay. It's to the point where quite the op opposite it's the motivation that pushes forward instead of backwards so this is the idea of hippies it has nothing to do with young people that did not want to go to the vietnam war i want to get that out of people's heads it does not mean that well some of us because i do own a 78 volkswagen we have 
Volkswagen campers that we hotbox. So I hotbox that thing whenever I have a chance. That's just me. <laughs> yeah. But we're not all like that. It has to do with our type of ideologies. We're, we both understand that the world is terrible. It's got full of problems. But that doesn't mean that that's my way of like, oh, my God, everything's terrible. Like, okay, I'm done. No, like it, like I said, it's quite the opposite. It's we're, we know it's bad, but we're going to try to do what we can, we can do to make it better. I mean, I'm trying to make a podcast to do that. It may seem weird to some people being like, well, why don't you actually actively do something? But I might actually be giving the motivation to people. You might be giving the motivation to people to get out of their fucking chairs, go out and do something, go there, start something. Right. And uh, it's true that, you know, things may not be great and the world has so many problems, but the world has been through this so many times throughout history. Yes. Uh, c- civilization goes up, it goes down, it's in waves. Um, it's, it's a roller coaster ride. There's going to be great times and then there's going to be really shitty times. And along the way, just like what we have seen throughout history, we have, you know, paved um, much better paths forward for, let's say, civil rights, for um, the quality of living, for many different aspects have improved over time. And that's, I want to say, because of people and communities, people willing to acknowledge, yes, things aren't great, but time only moves forward. We can look back at history and reflect on it and be um, and uh, and acknowledge that you know things have happened a certain way and they're not you know it didn't really it wasn't really great it uh, but it doesn't mean the future can't be better so it's really important that people understand that it's up to us it's up to you. Um, you can be depressed about how life is now, but um, if you have the basic understanding that these things, you know, happen, like life goes up, it goes down, and just everything in between, you have more control over how you feel than you think you do. Yeah. So it's uh, it's just really important to uh, to really get a grasp on that and. Uh, try to make that change, the change that you would like to see in uh, in your present and in your future. Just like you said about this podcast, I mean, this is, this is uh, you know, it may not seem like we're doing something physical out in the real world, like we're not out there um, handing out food to the homeless or shelter or whatever, but in a lot of ways, we're... Contrib- voicing- we are contributing. Yeah, like we're voicing our opinions and our thoughts of what is wrong right now. And, you know, what could be better. And on some level that in itself is still really good because for the masses that can hear us speaking and can say like, Hey, you know, that is true. um, It can spark somebody out there to have a great idea or to execute on a really great idea. So it's, um, you know, the world doesn't turn from one person doing something really, really good or really, really bad. It takes everybody 
to make it good and make it bad. And this is why we have the kind of balance that we have today is that there are many people who do good and many people who do bad. And, you know, and this is the end result of the, uh, of civilization, like globally. So it's, it's, I, I mentioned this before, cause I have a 78 Volkswagen and that thing is slow. Oh my God. It's slow as a turtle. Max speed is 55 miles per hour on the highway. And there are times when I'm driving the camper and there's no cars around. I'm kind of whirlwind into a different decade. And I have this philosophy. I live like live life like it's 1974. I don't mean it literally living like it's 1974. I mean it living a life where things are simple. You don't need to make things complex. Yes, we have internet. Yes, we have better communication. Yes, a lot of things have changed. But it doesn't mean that life is more complex. You can live a simple life, a comfortable life. You don't need to make things complicated. That's the whole idea. Is like Even though things are bad now, I think the most important thing is worrying about the future. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I mean, that is, you know, we can, you know, the individual might say, and I've thought this so many times is, you know, I'm only one person, like, what, what impact or effect can I have? And, um, you know, it takes everybody to think this way, to where nothing really changes or uh, gets better. But I would look to the person who might feel the opposite of that is that I may be one person, but if I can be responsible for my attitude for today or for my actions or for the way I live and, um, and be, uh, uh, and, and be compassionate as well as uh, forward thinking of the future of, you know, what that might look like, you know, that, that can uh, have a huge impact uh, down the road. And if, many people start doing that too, you'll, you'll begin to see that um, the world can change um, certain aspects slowly of life. Sometimes, may, slowly sometimes, yeah, slowly sometimes. Yeah. I mean, some aspects may not change. Um, and that's uh, and that's a much bigger factor in the world. I mean, war, uh, greed, ambition. I mean, these things are terror, terror. Yeah. These are, hu- these are human, uh, human creations. Um, and as long as Correct. humans have, uh, as long as humans control this planet, like some of these things won't necessarily disappear, but, you know, think of it this way. If we didn't, you know, if we wanted to see a positive change in, um, in, you know, the, the amount of waste that we contribute on the planet, let's say plastics are a problem and that creates pollution in the oceans and many other things, you know, just the thought or the action of like, you know what, I'm not going to contribute to this anymore. And I'm going to find another way, a smarter way. And yes, it might be hard at first. And then many others start doing the same. You can begin to see that change. You know, companies only change, you know, companies that produce something, um, they will only change when they're seeing 
their bottom line being deeply affected. So if you stop purchasing Apple products because you know that the means in which they get produced is really fucking horrible, you know, Apple might pay attention to that and they might say, oh my God, our sales are down. Our our shareholders are not going to be happy. What do we do? Well, let's find out why this is happening. And then if they discover that, well, you know, a lot of our users really don't like about how we manufacture this in China and it uh, and really awful labor practices go into uh, making these devices. Well, there you have it. That's one way to make um, a, uh, a change in the world. It's not immediate, but uh, when there's enough people that commit to something like that, I guarantee you, uh, even a company as powerful as Apple will change. They have no choice. If their if their end game is to turn a profit, then they're gonna try to find a way to stay profitable. Um, and this is uh, this is in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, everything kind of works this way. It's it's companies that do things that they have to do. Uh, as long as they get away with it, they'll continue to do it. Yeah. Um, uh, governments operate the same way. They'll do things for as long as they can do them, as long as there's no opposition and you know nobody's complaining. Um, every facet of life is very similar. If you just make that conscious decision to stand up and speak out and you know actually stop supporting those uh, those mechanisms, then things begin to change because they yeah. have to. Yeah. They have no, they won't have much of a choice, but. We, we do have to speak in much larger numbers. You know, it's not enough that one person necessarily does this, but it does start with one person. That was the thing that I was saying with the, the rise. The rise of revolutionism, I think, started in the early 2000s, where a lot of youth, um, unfortunately, I don't know about the generation that's after us. I, I don't know. I know the generation now where a lot of people are having this type of thinking, not because it's something new, it's because people see what it did in the past, that it did have a change. You know, moving forward, it's funny because I I make a parody about this all the time. Uh, You know, the movie uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. I always try to- Great movie. An excellent movie. And I always like try to make parodies of the film. So- one thing I was thinking of is a 2001, a new dawn of society. Sounds really boring, but if you got James Cameron and Steven Spielberg to actually work together as a team, <laughs> we might make it happen. <laughs> I doubt it, but um, oh, you anybody... never know. You just you just put it out there, so it could. James Cameron and Steven Spielberg. That just sounds like. James is a perfectionist. Steven just likes when things are expensive. You know, <laughs> he's just like, what's the most expensive thing we can use? And James is like, no, 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 no. I can build it. And he's like, no, you cannot build it. <laughs> uh, but we don't know exactly what the future will be like, right? In the future and the new dawn. But we do have ideas. We never can predict exactly what the future could be but we can have an understanding of what's going on now, what the future will be like. 
So one I key is that over time, because of this mixin within communities, now we have many inter interracial families and communities. So this is an interesting thing. We were bringing this up earlier is people forget there was a time interracial was very unaccepted in this country. Right. You, you did not, no one, you know, someone that's black doesn't marry anybody white, nobody Asian ever marries, ever marries a person that's black or, you know, whatever the combination. And over time today, most people come from interracial families. A lot of people are getting married that are interracial. It's extremely common. So we've kind of had this twist. And before we know it in the distant future, there will be no exact color definition. It won't exist anymore. You know, because we're having so much interracial over time, it's like no one will be like 100% white. Nobody will be 100% Asian. It just won't be possible anymore because of this constant mix. Um, we do know that this change and adaptability will also change the way that we view communities in society. Today, people view communities in several different ways. You know, as a community of orange, origin, you know, like we're mentioning the Jewish community, Christian community, Irish community, Italian community, and so on. Or a community for support. You know, people that uh, were on drugs and they left and they're looking for community or alcohol anonymous. Uh, you know, somebody that either had autism or something like that that wants to be part of a group. And sometimes a community that they can be heard. You know, you be a part of like the LGBTQ community, you get part of the Latin community, you know, the ones that stand up for their community and want to make change. I'm talking about the real organizations. And still in the future, this might change. More types of communities will be designed and created, allowing us to have this freedom to choose what we need. And again, to have that adaptability more control on our part will be possible. So just kind of summing it all up, it's being able to view that communities might change due to the fact that we have so much interracial that exists today. It might affect that in the future. Then on top of that is the way we've been viewing communities, this diversity of communities, that there's not any more of this one fits one all kind of situation. I well, you know, I have to agree that it's um, since we, you know we can't determine what the future would be exactly, but if we look at the present and uh, agree that um, you know the things that are happening happening now will shape that future, and you can kind of project it and say like, well, this might happen or that might happen. Um, they're all possibilities, right? The one thing that is for sure is, like you said, they're, they're, these communities are um, evolving with more people uh, engaging uh, from different backgrounds, families completely changing as uh, interracial marriages are much more common. Uh, and it's almost a beautiful thing to be like, you know what, the aspect of uh, identification based on, you know, um, ethnicity or religion background, like all of those things will just kind of disappear. It won't be a thing. Um, and, and I would say like, that's, that's a beautiful thing in one aspect, right? Um, but how would, um, you know, it's funny though, how would we deal with racism then? Because 
today the racism stems according to the color of your skin. So would racism change? Would it change? Yeah. Yeah, I think you know what it would change too. Either it would get really bad in terms of, um, you know, just the varying mixtures, or it would be based more on just classism, which exists now. Which class, which class you're in. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, if there's no, no longer any type of, uh, uh, like factor of division with, um, you know, background and origin and just what country you are from, everyone's kind of interracial, you're having, all, you know, we have this very large, diverse group of uh, people growing up in the next generation that have all these different backgrounds. Well, you can't, you know, you, you won't be able to divide in the same way uh, as you may have in the past. But one surefire way to do it is through classism, you know, the, you know, what do you earn? What do you do? You know, your occupation or, you, you know, the, um, the uh, contribution to society with the work that you do, uh, that, that might be a new form of racism we might see in the future, uh, which also sounds pretty fucking god awful, but it's a, it's a possibility. As we project and we look like, hey, this is great for humanity that um, we might stop looking at each other based on you know, the, the pigment of, of skin or but that's origin, the thing but that's the thing about country right but that's the thing about human beings is i we mentioned this already is adaptability we're very adaptable creatures and the right. <clears throat> you can't <clears throat> you can't eradicate unfortunately you can't eradicate racism it's just impossible the same way that you can't eradicate eradicate crime it it's just it's not you can't stop there to be no more murderers and serial killers and cartel drug dealers. It's just not you can make everybody rich, but there's still going to be crime no matter how any we want to split it. So that's OK. We do understand this. But here's the thing is, would we be able to deal with it better or we would just continue the same way that we're dealing with it now? That's the question. We, we learn from our own logic and how to move forward. You know, I would hope that uh, we deal with it better. I mean, it's, um, it's a natural progression for, for the species in general to be more adaptable, to survive. Um, and, you know, we have, we have matured so much technologically. I would hope that um, intellectually we can catch up as a society as well. And that's, um, that's a big hope because we have, you know, 7 billion people and, uh, but through the connectivity, right. We are connected more than ever. Uh, and it's, um, it's a component of the future, the globalization aspect. It's a new form of open border policy and sharing and trading of goods and products, services among many nations. And yeah. through, through, you know, through the distant future, we might see that progress even further. Um, and that, you know, that may give a lot of, a lot of the 7 billion population an opportunity to kind of understand where everybody's coming from. You know, uh, that's one of the uh, greatest things about uh, the technology that we have today. We can see how people 
are living in various parts of the world that may not be as fortunate as some of us who are here in uh, in the we states. We mentioned this. We mentioned this the last podcast where there are many YouTubers that travel to all these different countries, so we can see what their life is like. And it's true because of this connectivity. You know, we got to remember something also. Where the internet has only been allowed or been given to people since 1995. So that's about 24, that's about 24 years. Now, the thing is, look at an industry like the car. You know, we've had combustion engines for over 100 years. And look where we've gotten. It's insane. So imagine what the internet would look like in 100 years compared to only 24 it's right. unfa- it's unfathomable. I mean, the possibilities are endless. Just imagine what we have now, and then fifty years ago, and now fifty years into the future. It's it's just we can only hope that it's a positive outcome. You know, like th- that it only progresses in a positive way. Um, much like uh, let's say the combustion engine, it's uh, it's made it it's made it possible to do things faster, more efficiently, um, and if we take the internet in a similar context 50 years from now, uh, you know, with more inclusion of the global, uh, the global community as a whole, um, you know, we can, we can expect that there might be more tolerance as well. Uh, But it's, you know, that's a huge, that's a huge leap. And we don't know for sure uh, whether or not we can, see a drastic change in uh, people's, I, I guess, perspective or perception of how we would treat each other as well. Um, but one thing is for sure that we, you know, human beings will continue to, to adapt. And as we uh, globalize even further and have more inclusion of, uh, of everybody within the system, you know, I think uh, as average people like you and I and across the globe many you know many similar people uh, it'll it can be a little more relatable like we can understand each other a little bit better the thing uh, also and- is the thing that's also to remember one of the biggest obstacles we have today which it really isn't an obstacle because you know traveling flying has become a lot pretty affordable i mean i flew out last year to manchester uh two ways with one stop for about an hour each way from Los Angeles to Manchester in England. I paid $300. It's not a lot of, that's not a lot of money. Uh, So flying has become affordable, but here's the thing is in the distant future, if we're able to travel from New York to Los Angeles in one hour, instead of five to six hours, the, the amount of possibilities that people can have being able to travel back and forth is absolutely insane. That means that more people can be going from coast to coast a lot easier. And you now have that easier adaptability where you have now even more people that are able to connect because a lot of people here in New York have never been to California. Many people in California have never been to New York. So yeah, people are- let alone anywhere else in the world, right? Right. Like if we're talking, you know, if we're talking about uh, other parts of the world, like many people have never been to the U.S., let alone somebody. I think I think it's uh, the the statistics for Americans, like just average people who don't require travel for business, let's say abroad, 
you know, a, the average American doesn't really travel out of the States. So they, they really haven't seen, you know, much of the, the rest of the world, like myself included. I've never left the, you know, the U.S. You've um, never left this country? No, no reason to. Not yet. Anyways. Never been to Canada? No. Gotta go, man. Ah, you know, I'm, I certainly will. There'll be a lot of places I'll travel to, but the, you know, the point being is that um, the, the more affordable it gets, the, the, the faster the travel times, the easier it will become uh, for many of us who would like to. Now we can. And the, um, the, uh, the trade-off isn't as large. Like, like you said, you, you went from New York to Manchester that's uh no no Los, Los Angeles to Manchester so what I mean what is that that's 15 hours so it was at a stopover in New York so it was six hours to New York and there was another six hours to Manchester so okay 12 hours and then I went from London Heathrow to JFK no to Philadelphia so I was there for about an hour and then I went back yeah and again like it was three hundred dollars i mean that's yeah i I literally amazing but that's the thing is that you know this adaptability and ease of connection has become a lot better we can travel now cheaper and also get to places a lot quicker we can communicate i mean we're literally doing this through zoom we're only way we're able to do this is you're sitting in los angeles and i'm sitting here in new york so we're able to do this because of we have this type of connection. You know, 25 years ago, we wouldn't be able to do this. I mean, unless you want to do this on a landline telephone. I don't know how <laughs> that would work. Or dial up. It wouldn't be possible. No. Yeah, that wouldn't be possible. But it's amazing. So this level of connectivity, you know, plus the understanding that, hey, you know, look at where, you know, look at where society was how much we've progressed as, as people into the present and, you know, projecting our future and seeing like, though things have been tough, they haven't been great. Um, they can get better. And a lot of these things have made it, made them better, right? Um, the efficiencies, the, the lower costs, the, the technologies, um, and more importantly, understanding that um, this level of connectivity will make it that much easier to um to build out our you know global community uh communities now are mostly all localized you know from city to city uh, state to state and imagine being to to build on that foundation on a global scale uh and that's kind of what we see now in um in the world of the internet you know people who are who have certain outlooks, certain opinions, um, whether they may be welcome on social media or not, you know, they find themselves in, um, in various chat rooms where their ideas and their thoughts are being welcomed. And that that's building a community, you know, on the internet. As we progress another 50 years, what that'll look like uh, right. Who knows? But it, it it it'll become stronger and hopefully just a little more transparent, um, a little more tolerant and forgiving, and you know we'll all be able to communicate on a scale or even be able to meet in person 
on on a scale that we've never seen before. And um, but and the that, thing is, that yeah, is good. The thing, though, is, is that once it becomes our present, then we'll be able to fully acknowledge what is there, what is the outcome from the situation, because we only know what we know. What happens, happens. You know, could we predict that the pandemic would be the way that it is? No. But now we're in the present because, you know, in the past, we were viewing now. And we thought that things would be, we had an idea and we kind of knew that this could happen. And now we're here in the present and we kind of see how things have, have come to play. But it doesn't mean that things have to always stay the same. Things can change, but it depends on your outlook and also understanding that there is a chance what you think the future is, there's a chance that it's not likely, but that's okay because we, we can't predict it. Right. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's all dependent on just the current present. And if we're projecting and looking at what that future might look like, yeah, there's numerous versions of what it could be and everything that we may project uh, may not be the case like nobody knows things do change so rapidly Uh, but if we're just to take what we know um, just on the present alone some of these things are probably more likely than not you know more connectivity more travel more you know more commerce uh, uh, more inclusion more tolerance um, and uh, and a much stronger global community of people. I mean, um, this is kind of what our species species has been about, civilization wise. It's very tribal, and um, also you're forgetting colonization. One of the key components in human survival has always been colonization. Still is. If you think about it but uh, what i mean what are we missing what what haven't we colonized already we're we talking about mars <laughs> no 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 colonization is taking over land but it doesn't necessarily have to mean physical land anymore we're getting to a point where serious technology is becoming a vast claim to what is being controlled. You know, whoever holds the key to the most internet is one that has the most power. Why do you think nobody's never been able to take down Facebook? It's not because that there are other companies that can overturn them. There are plenty of companies. You name one of them, Apple, Microsoft, they can take down Facebook in a heartbeat. But the thing is, Facebook has a power. They own a lot of the internet. A lot. I would say that... uh... You know, I would argue that it's probably AWS. That's probably number one. Yeah, but I'm, I am I said not all of it, just... just yeah, yeah, just, I mean... Just, just a lot of it. Yeah, a lot of it. But I think uh, if we're talking about uh, actual, the actual internet web services, uh, Amazon's probably the number one. Um, you know, just the sheer size and scope of what they host and what they control. Um, I'd, I'd give Facebook number two lead on that one just based on um uh 
accounts and usership. I mean, two and a half billion users daily is um, uh, very significant. That's that's a third of the population of the globe. That's pretty hard to do, but uh, you know, in in the, in this context of what we're talking about, the uh, the truth is is that is probably the next evolutionary step for, as you said, colonization. Uh, the metaverse right now is being built out. Um, you know, the Internet of Things is still kind of being developed where we're seeing we're seeing some of the early stages of all those things but you know the um the future of real estate is Giga, definitely you're, you're, you're talking about giga plans is that what you're talking about explain i haven't heard that yet so there are a lot well most of these companies if people don't realize they need what's called data servers to actually operate so they have these very large like very data centers. Yeah, very yeah. large centers of rooms, just massive rooms full of data of you know these data savers and readers, and it kind of looks like you know those old computers forty years yeah. ago. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's just rows and rows yeah, and, and rows, rows. And, and and levels and levels deep underground, probably. So you just got to re- remember this. It's like. Just think about the ability if somebody has that much power. You can control the scopes of how banks are sending information back and forth. You can control on how the stock market is. You can literally control everything. And that's what I mean about like you were saying this, like this is the thing about colonization now. That is the colonization. That is the move forward of who can grasp as much information as possible. Because that's the superpower. That's who is the next British Empire. Who's the next Roman Empire. Not the United States. Because we're all sitting at home eating Nathan's hot dogs. But that's that's our fault. And only ours. <laughs> well, there's a change we can make right there. So well, You want to go break into some data servers? Do you know any? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not I'm talking kidding. about that. No, I'm kidding. Well, I- no comment. No comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, we were waiting for our censorship. I think we're like maybe two more inches closer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, no, don't want to go there. Sorry. <laughs> but it's, uh, uh, it, it, it's wild, man. Just uh, that's an aspect that's uh, in development now. And, um, you know, it's a treasure trove of, um, of, future real estate this is this is where companies have made hundreds of billions of dollars over the years easily uh i don't you know as they say the saying goes like if a product is free then you are the product and you know for people that don't understand that it's it's the way you use something and how your your um you know activity is being scraped and then sold your how your behavior is um specifically mined and then sold and that's uh that's valuable that's valuable to somebody that's where these data centers really come in um that's what these servers do and that's what uh the tech companies do specifically but that's you know that's another aspect of uh these communities that we're that we're talking about um for the global community mainly on the internet 
um, this is where all that information is stored. And that's uh, something that we talked about earlier, just how so many people that don't feel like they're heard or share a view that may not be uh, popular, they get, they get banned from these places. They have nowhere else to go. And then they find a place that um, mirrors their feelings and, uh, and then they become part of that community. And we've heard it before, their echo chambers, these, uh, where it can get pretty toxic. This is what we've heard. I've heard, I've heard it too. I've seen it too. Um, and, uh, you know, it has some bad, it has some good, has some ugly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's the same thing here. You know, we're, I, we keep cracking jokes about being censored, but the thing is, we understand that there's a possibility that that can happen. And if it does happen, that's unfortunate. We'll, of course, try to figure something out. But it can't be the reason for us to stop. You know, if you're if you're scared and you don't want to take the leap, then just fucking die, man. <laughs> What's the <laughs> point of living? You know, you got to take the risk. You got to take the risk. I mean, this is... Uh... This goes back to the to the other aspect that you were talking about, just being a, a revolutionary and uh, or you know quote unquote uh, a hippie, um, just living in a time where things suck, but not you know succumbing to that suck, and and being strong enough to to push forward and say, well, there are going to be better days ahead, and. Um, how do we participate in, uh, you know, building that path, that foundation to better days ahead? It's uh, it, it's everybody's responsibility. Yeah. But, but uh, just reflecting on what you were saying, just people are you know day to day living their lives, and it's the 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 socialist kind of um, control of our society currently. Um, funny that it's come like full circle even after it's been bless you. (laughs) Sorry. Did that feel good? No. Oh, hopefully it does next time. I don't know. I just, I have like allergies out here. So it's your cat, man. It's your cat. Don't curse the cat, man. She's sleeping. (laughs) <laughs> She's a sleeping cat. The devil is not alive at the moment. <sighs> but so, you know, this is this is where we were. This is where we are, where we're headed. I mean, only you as an individual can decide uh, what that means to you. Um, you, you know, it, it may correlate with existing communities of people that are out there. It may not, you know, but uh, each individual has to take that responsibility and decide for themselves, like, what's that future going to look like? What do you want it to look like? Um, and your part, you know, your participation or lack of participation can make all the difference too. you know, just like I was mentioning earlier, if you decide not to support companies that do shitty things to produce their products, like that's, um, that's a conscious decision. And enough, if enough people did that, you know, that would change their ways. The same goes for, uh, you know, uh, 
better civil rights for the future, but more freedoms and more choices for you as an individual, you have to decide like, you know, what, uh, what that future might look like and how we can give that type of control back to everybody. Um, as you said earlier, if the world opens up as we see it, it will, borders will become non-existent. Um, the current form of racism will be non-existent. People will um, interracially, in, interracially, you know, merge, and those yeah. things, those, those things won't uh, won't be a, a factor of the future someday. Um, and that, you know, that may evolve to something different the way uh, the way people are treated. But ultimately, um, there is going to be positives and negatives of all these ideas, yeah. whether they come true or not. I mean, uh, some of these things are inevitable and some of these things are kind of a big if. Or it's just meant it's just meant to be, you know, it's just. Um, but summing up the this episode, that literally is what communities and society is past, present and future. And we don't know what the outcome will be. We understand what we have now and what we can do, but we hope that the changes that we do make, they stick and they will last for the future, but we don't know. Might, it might happen and it might not. So, yeah. So participate, do something about it. Yes. All right, guys, this has been fun. This has been real and it's been nice to be lost in the groove. Uh, like always, uh, you guys can find us on Patreon, so you can be one of our Patreon members and have a chance to be a guest star on this podcast. And also, thank you so much to our sponsor, Anchor, for supporting our channel for today. Uh, like always, guys, we post every single Tuesday, and we're going to have some bonus episodes that might be flying around every couple of weeks in here and there. But uh, like always, guys, have a great day. Peace.